the latest episode of BAM Weekly, the show where we chat some sports, the show where we chat some entertainment, and then at the end, we bring it all together together to chat some sports entertainment, otherwise known as wrestling. We're your hosts. I'm Boris, and I am joined by Matt. Bonjour. How's everyone doing out there? We hope you're doing well, Boris. It is uh, post-Thanksgiving season. We're creeping into that Christmas season, the Xmas, the holidays. Uh, so, you know, that's about to happen. <laughs> lots of uh, lots of Christmas carols, lots of Christmas specials. Charlie Brown, you know, yeah. all the Simpsons episodes we love. <laughs> the Peanuts special is is one that I always watch every single year. Uh, the Simpsons. Oh, they, they, I haven't watched a Simpsons Christmas episode honestly since 1999. Oh, dang! I think that was the last year that I watched it live, like you know, as it was happening, like live, yeah, yeah like live, like as there they was... were drawing, as they were drawing. That's the last time I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> that's really impressive that you saw that. You're one of, uh, I'm sure, like only a few people. Uh, no, you know what? It, they they did one in like 2008 or nine with like a Grinchy character called the Grumple. I actually really like that one. The Simpsons Christmas specials are still pretty good. Uh, but yeah, oh man, you know what? I, I saw Frosty and Frosty Returns, the 1995 one that is largely forgotten, yep. and they like updated it with HD graphics hd animation and it is weird it's off-putting i don't like it i Why, do not like recommend see it. the strings and like the 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 animatronic and stuff <laughs> no it's just uh it's just very very strange i don't know it's just my brain was not processing it well it actually fit better with the 1995 one but frosty returns is so much worse than the original frosty you know it's just a very strange two hours disney plus is on a roll right now so not only did they release the sequel to A Christmas Story a few weeks ago? They also have the uh, the Santa Claus Tim Allen TV show going on right now. Oh, nice! Have you checked out any of that? No, not yet. Not yet. I'm planning ah, like a, a weekend uh, to do that. Uh, I'm weak. <laughs> What's the new? <laughs> oh, that's hilarious! <laughs> hey, man. You live your life, Boris. Putting the show to a halt. (laughs) Just to an absolute grinding halt. But okay, so there was home improvement, and everyone knows and loves that. But there's like the new update where he's got like daughters, and he's got like a YouTube show where he talks about What's that called? Awesome. Last man standing. Last man standing. Think of the wrestling match, you You (laughs) weakling. A weakling. Jesus Christ, we're fired up on this podcast today. I was trying to think of something yeah, no, nicer to say. That's not like I, I could think. Oh my God, it's one of those shows. It's so funny. Last time I, my old roommate Carrie. Last time I saw her when she, she's, uh, she's still in Sudbury. Last time I went to her house, her and her uh, boyfriend were watching like just nonstop Last Man Standing. It was the only time I've ever seen it to this day. It is exactly Home Improvement. It is a YouTube show. It really is. It's it's Home Improvement except he works in a in a outdoor uh, store, kind of like a, a, a the, the Bass Pro Shop or whatever it's called. Yeah, or a dicks. Yeah, it's a, yeah, a great a, call. A dicks gooding sport. Yeah. Everyone likes their dicks gooding sports store. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> gooding sports store. Gooding yeah, no, it's exactly something. like the Bass Pro. Yeah. 
it's Bass Pro Shop. Yeah. Anyway, I, I don't know. We're off on some wild tangents, but yeah, I do not. I do not recommend uh, Last Man Standing personally. But uh, you know, if you like home improvement, definitely check that one out. It's not bad. It gets better in the middle, uh, but the it, like once it's not it that left whatever station it was on. I forget who actually aired it. I want to say ABC. When it left ABC to Fox, it became something different. A lot, like a lot of the characters left. Yeah. I'm not, I don't mean that in a bad way. It's a lot of the characters left, right? So it just wasn't the same. It just wasn't uh, the same. The people that I cared one about. One of those. Right, they were gone. Yeah, one of those 70 show situation where Foreman leaves and then Kelso leaves, but again, he comes back, but then Hyde turns out to be a rapist, and you're just like, who am I cheering for now? Jesus. You know, uh, <laughs> like the 70 show. Oh. <laughs> anyway, God. we should talk some sports. <laughs> well, well, whatever, man. How was your, how are you? How was your weekend? Uh, it was pretty good, pretty nondescript. It was getting over, uh, getting over a cold. Yeah, people at work are sick, so that's where I'm getting. It. So we're all just trying to, I don't know, wear masks where possible and be like fucking not terrible. But yeah, I don't know, just getting over. It. At least I guess my immune system has been strengthened in the last week or two, Boris. I feel like I'm kind of almost back up to speed fully. Work is busy though. Life is busy. I got a new gimmick for uh for the wrestling lists coming up. I like to have the the yearly list going and also a second list going just cuz I like wrestling. I'm a huge nerd. One day I want to write a book about it all and uh do a YouTube series about all these things, which we're going to hopefully start more in 2023 anyway, buddy. Because Monday Night Raw sooner rather than later. Is, uh Sooner rather than later, Monday Night Raw is nearing its 30th anniversary, the big homie. That's I don't know crazy. if you've seen that. Raw Triple X coming up. Yep. Bigger, longer, yes, uncut. Yes. Yep. <laughs> that was, that that was funny. The, itself. That was honestly one of the marketing slogans back in the Attitude Era. Oh, guaranteed. Absolutely. It was. Well, straight out of South Park. It's That's the South Park movie. Yeah. Bigger, oh, yeah, longer, uncut. A oh, dick a joke movie. right there. <laughs> But but anyway, uh, so I, we're going to do here on BAM top 100 Raw matches. And not just that, but we're going to do like a, a deep dive on Raw. We're going to do top 25 moments of the 90s, 2000s, and 2010s that you can't really cover in the matches because I want to talk about Raw. You know what I mean? When it was great, the moments we love, top 100 matches at least might even throw in some off the post and some moments I might do episodes, but that's hard because I'm not watching full episodes of Raw. I'm not sitting there and watching the entire Raw catalog, right? But I've uh, I've made a couple of lists up, and I think we're going to celebrate Raw in the new year. Uh, even though I don't watch it currently, you can't make me. Three hours is just too much. Yeah, three hours is way too much. Way too much time. Way too much time. Uh, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. It's crazy, man. 30 years. Like, I remember... That first episode of Raw, um, didn't I watched it via tape months later? Yeah, because we didn't get Raw didn't in get Canada Raw. Until, until like ninety six, ninety late ninety five. It was ninety five ish. Okay, and it was the okay. new VR that used to show it. It was uh, basically turned into CTV Barry, but it, then it was known as the gotcha. new VR. Okay, so in in uh, small town Hickville, Ontario. Uh, TSN didn't get it until 96, 97 Exactly, exactly There was a time where both channels were showing it But it's crazy to think that a local station 
out of Barry showed Raw. Meanwhile, no one else would, could, or really should have at that time. <laughs> should have is arguable. Actually, it's funny. I was just watching Boris, a classic episode of Raw, one of the all-time greats, November 20th, 1995. Check out this card. So it's a it's a one hour episode of Raw, 45, 46 ish minutes on the network. I suggest going to watch it. It's a really quick, easy watch. One, two, three kid versus Hakushi. So one of their worst matches, sadly, it's heel one, two, three kid who's like newly turning heel uh, versus, a, I guess, a baby face Hakushi. Uh, weird match. Skip versus Savio Vega is the second match. This match is interrupted by Diesel coming down to the ring and cutting a shoot promo. Diesel shoots hard on Vince McMahon, Boris. Basically, one of the one of the first times that Vince McMahon has ever acknowledged as the owner of WWF on yep. camera. And and Diesel says, you, Vince McMahon, you had me smiling. You were, you tried to make me your corporate puppet. That's not me. And he goes on, he goes on to basically a stone cold Steve Diesel rant. And it's like some people point to it as the, the unofficial start of the Attitude Era. Although, again, it's November 1995, so that's a little early. But I think you could mark it as the end of the new generation era, at least. And whatever 95 to 97 is starts right now. Yeah, it's kind of like the, 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 I don't know what it was. It was a very awkward time in professional wrestling. Like, all joking aside, like, they just, they were trying new stuff every week, it seemed like. Literally throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what stuck. Absolutely. And kind of to that point. So after this Kevin Nash promo, we get Owen Hart versus Shawn Michaels, November 20th, 1995. Do you know what happens in this match just by me saying that date? No. This is the famous Inziguri oh, concussion angle I thought so. where Shawn Michaels, Shawn Michaels sells it like he's dead. They bring out an oxygen mask for this man. Vince McMahon gets in the ring again, looking like what is happening on my television show right now. They bring out all the referees. The match stops. The announcers shut up. Kevin Nash talks about this in numerous shoots where they put this together in the car. And the whole key to it was the announcers had to shut up. The announcers had to be quiet. And you see this all the time now. This has become a trope in wrestling with the announcers to sell a big angle. Don't say anything. But this is the first instance of that. And yeah, this is uh, the, the first that I can remember anyway. I'm sure there's been instances of that before in wrestling, of course. But anyway, uh, a classic episode of Raw, November 20th, 1995. And we're going to be celebrating the best of Monday Night Raw because sadly, Mike and Joe have to watch the worst of it every single week. For Although the most Raw's part, improved. I think it's improved a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. But no, that's awesome. Very cool. Uh, love the gimmick. Raw, say what you want about the product now. None of us, most of us, not none of us. Most of us wouldn't be listening to this show or other shows if it wasn't for that era. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. The Attitude Era, well, I, actually, I got into it in, like, the Hulk Hogan era. But the Attitude Era definitely is when a lot of people got hooked. It was definitely when it was the most popular daily topics at the schoolyard. Fighting each other, saying suck it to teachers. It was a heck of a time. I remember once I got... I didn't even get in trouble because the teachers didn't believe that I would do this. Goes to show you, I, I uh, 
did the sucker sign to someone. Then I even flowed them right onto a rock. Oh no! Even though like the, the, the Raven DDT and dude, DDT dude, to a rock, yeah, man, like bleeding, gushing blood. Jesus, H boys, you're a killer. You're a menace. Yeah. <laughs> well, no. Hard way to brother, brother, my brother. Oh my god, that's yep. absolutely crazy. That mm-hmm. is bananas, man. Well, you're supposed to be a safe worker out there, Boris. What are you doing? <laughs> This garbage mud show outlaw GCW style of yours. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Let's get to some sports because we, uh, you know, like you said, it's the holidays. We're just getting off of Thanksgiving. You're getting off of cold. I'm getting off of uh, whatever I did this weekend. And um, <laughs> <laughs> birthday weekend. Need I say more? All right. So, but. Let's just chat some MLB awards. Then I'm going to wrap up the F1 season with none other than Dan the Mouth Lavransky. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Yes. Um, and then yes, we're going to chat yes. some wrestling. But we're going to just kind of chat wrestling in general. We're going to get back to a regularly scheduled program next week with specific shows because there's a lot going on in Japan right now. World Tag League, World Junior Tag League, Bullet Club is dominating, Aussie, Aussie, Aussie Open. They're doing exactly what we said they were going to be doing. Uh, so we're going to kind of do some catch-up uh, and reviews on that. We're going to be doing our regular impact review next week and whatever happens over the next week uh, because there's a couple big shows happening. On December 10th, which we will be doing aftercasts for, those are ROH and NXT. So that's going to be a good day. And yeah, we'll be back to a regular schedule program next week. So let's just chat some MLB awards. I love these things because like, you know, the debates. It's always a debate when award season for sports, right? Absolutely. And yeah, awards, especially in baseball, I find, uh, well, they used to in baseball lend themselves to more debate than they do now because statistics have become so precise that it's kind of hard to argue. Like, I feel like every award here is pretty much exactly what I would say. Although you could argue the National League Manager of the Year was not the right choice in the end, Boris. Dude, yeah, no, you, looking at this list, you up can and down, even this make is, the argument. That it's they only look at regular season. Did you see that last quarter for the Mets? Yes, exactly. So let's start there. Manager of the year in the National League, Buck Showalter. Showalter, sorry. Manager of the New York Mets. So yeah, it's a little dubious looking at it because while the Mets did win 101 games, they uh ugh, Oh, they kind of shot their pants down the stretch and then immediately lost in the playoffs and, and disappointed all of the Mets fans yet again. So, yeah, it's, it's a tough look, a bittersweet cherry on a shite Sunday for the New York Mets and their fans. Yep, to say the least. But they won an award. Uh, <laughs> they got an award, buddy. They got an award. American League Manager of the Year, Terry Francona, manager of the Cleveland Guardians. I agree. I agree. Straight up. End of discussion. That's that's fair. That's right. Hey, okay. Here's the thing, though. Let, like, let's let's take a look at this. If Buck Showalter didn't win, I think where was Roberts on the voting? <laughs> oh, I actually don't have the voting. Yeah, I, 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 I forgot to bring that up. Here, so. I think he was second or third. I, I would have just cringed and 
but like I would have quit watching baseball. You would have had a heart attack live on this podcast and that would have been the end of boris and the end of bam and the end been, of uh you watching the dodgers it would have just been am after that yeah mm, just the mm podcast <laughs> I, I would need to find uh, i need to find another b and then like a, someone named owen and then get pollen and that could be the mbop podcast anyway boris <laughs> moving on to the rookie of the year categories you are you are disgusted with i am right now <laughs> I'm not sure if disgusted or overly proud. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus Christ. We do too many podcasts. National League Rookie of the Year, Michael Harris the second. Michael Harris two. Uh absolutely. Yeah, I, I feel like this is also well deserved. Uh what do you think about the National League? 19 home runs, 20 stolen bases, 4-4 in sense of B-War, 1.3 defensive B-War. Dude, this guy dominated. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's true. The, the Atlanta Braves were sick. He was an impact player on the Atlanta Braves. He didn't show up until, like, basically the summer started. Like, basically June, he didn't show up. Uh, but he made an impact right away. Uh, Michael Harris, too, looks like a stud. And then in the American then, League... One last note. He oh, beat out Spencer Strider of the Atlanta Braves to win yeah. uh, NL Rookie of the Year. So that's the one-two punch combo the Atlanta Braves had. Yeah, worth noting. Yeah, the Braves have a sick future. They also have so many young players. Acuna obviously instantly comes to mind. Good pitching staff there in Atlanta. Sick team in Atlanta. Julio Rodriguez for the Seattle Mariners won the American League MVP. I feel like that's absolutely was never in doubt for a second. Uh, led all rookies in home runs with 28. Was just a very fun player to watch the entire season. Uh, breathed some life into the Seattle franchise that made the playoffs for the first time since fucking forever in a day. Yep. The only player, along with Mike Trout, on both leagues with at least 25 home runs, 25 stolen bases, and an 800 OPS in the rookie season. Wow. That's an interesting stat. That's awesome. Good for him. And that's a great company to be in. So, yeah, then the big ones, the MVP and the Cy Young. So, Cy Young, National League Cy Young, Sandy Alcantara of the Miami Mets. Uh, I, I absolutely, I had him in fantasy, so I would have fought somebody if this wasn't a unanimous Cy Young, which it was. He deserved this. He uh, Check out this stat. Uh, not only did he lead the majors in innings pitched, 228 and two-thirds innings pitched, but he pitched six complete games, which is a lot nowadays, Boris. Six complete games is more than any other team had combined this season. Sandy Alcantara had in an for the era. Miami Marlins. So he's a stud. He's a stud. And it's crazy to think, as a rookie, they would allow him to do that in an era where pitch count and health and saving your arm and basically not allowing you to be the next Fernando Venezuela when you blow out your arm on a World Series winning year, right? Like... It's crazy to think that not he had not one, not two, not three, but six complete games. Yes, yeah. It, it, like you said, in this era, that's nothing to an older baseball fan, but he's more than every, every major league baseball team. So, yeah. And, and the big thing is, like you said, he is, he is uh, technically like uh, a rookie. He's like not experienced, but he's 27 years old. Like they're not 
waiting around. I can see why they're riding this horse. And someone like Alec Manoa, maybe you don't let him pitch 228 and two-third innings in the season anymore. Exactly. Although I'd, love, I'd still love to see it. Oh, I, I would in a heartbeat. I would in a heartbeat. You know, you tell that to Nolan Ryan. I pitched six complete games. He's like, what, a week? Uh, exactly exactly right. He pitched uh, until he was, what, 55? I don't know. Not, that's not right. But anyway, speaking of old men pitching, the American League Cy Young winner, Justin Verlander. Uh, three or more Cy Youngs, only the 11th pitcher ever to do that. He was incredible for the Houston Astros, who just signed Jose Abreu now. God damn Easy. it, Houston. Grow up. Give us, give the rest of us a chance. Yeah, don't be the, uh, don't be the David Hasselhoff and steal all the women. <laughs> what? Okay, uh, but he's yeah, a good-looking man. Again, he is, he, I suppose. He steals uh, all the women the way that the Houston Astros steal all the good players. I'm with you. I, 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 I read you loud. Now, let me buddy. explain this uh, in another way. Go ahead. <laughs> Just two unanimous Cy Young winners, and uh, who am I to argue? We're no ones. Like, <laughs> yes, but it just goes to show. But here's the thing, right? And I always find this interesting. Like the uh, Sandy Alca- Alcantara, the fact that he played for Miami didn't go against him. That's how dominant he was. And you know that there is a bias with the voters on who these. Uh, players play for and I don't mean that that they don't like the team it's they take a lot into consideration like playoff uh, probability and things like that right like who did they face things like that quite simply and it's it's 2022 so people can watch anybody and if you're actually doing your homework you should be able to see anybody but I bet you a lot of people who voted for Sandy Alcantara did not watch a lot of Sandy Alcantara. They just looked at his stats and knew, well, this guy's the winner. You know what I mean? But I bet you they didn't see a lot of them. 228 and two third innings, buddy. Yes. Yes. (laughs) All right. National League MVP, 317 with 35 homers, 115 runs batted in. Paul Goldschmidt. First baseman for the St. Louis Cardinals. I, I mean, I Bryce Harper had a case in the stretch a little bit, and obviously he was the MVP of the playoffs, but I feel like this is, uh, yet again, the correct decision this year. Agreed. Agreed. He was almost, he was. He didn't get the triple crown, but he was close to it. Um, he just dominated. He dominated this year. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I don't want to yes. get into the yeah. net. I'm absolutely League. sick here. Yeah, American League, it was uh, Aaron Judge. He was not unanimous, but was, uh, you know, a landslide victory. 62 home runs, 131 RBIs. He did win the Triple Crown. He was crushing ball. I still think you can argue that it had to be Otani. Or or you could say, uh, fuck them both and go Vlad, because it's a Toronto podcast and we're homers. No, I don't know. This one... (sighs) He got the triple crown, right? Like that's not an easy feat. No Joe Schmo is gonna get that, right? Um, but I'm always under the the impression that the MVP is this: if you remove them from the team, that team will not be as good. That team will be significantly worse off. I'm not sure if that's the case with the Yankees. 
We might find out, buddy. We sure might find out next year if he plays for San Francisco or Los Angeles or Toronto or somewhere else. We're going to find out, actually. But uh, uh, I don't know. I, I think I think he is, by your criteria, I still think he is the MVP because I think the Yankees would be dog shit without him. They would be dog shit, but he would, you know, they're getting older and he had a historic season, which lifted them up a lot. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just like I'm this is my issue. I'm that biased against the Yankees, like just flat out. So that's that. Yeah, fair enough, man. Fair enough. I kind of have a soft spot for the Yankees. We've talked about it before in this podcast. My uncle was the Yankees fan, so I kind of like him. I hate the Red Sox most of all. But yeah, when, when we refer to the triple crown for a new baseball fan or someone who doesn't give a shit at all, that's someone who led the league in all three of the following categories, batting average, home runs, and runs batted in. Those are basically the old metric of measuring a good baseball player. Those are the ones that you just kind of look at and know, like the old heads. But really, we have evolved to the point where on base percentage, slugging percentage, and uh, wins above replacement, war, B-war, all the stuff that you were throwing out at us, Boris, we have uh, evolved crazy uh, in terms of statistics. Can you, statistics anyway boys. speaking of stats can you imagine if we still rated pitchers only on wins and losses jesus christ no i could well sandy alcantara probably wouldn't have been the Cy Young winner. exactly exactly right like we've like again it's just so many more stats and that's the one good thing about baseball uh so that's why like you said you know right when we started this you know the winners were kind of clean cut there's not too much debate around them like last year you know, I guess you could have had a great debate uh, between Otani and Vlad, right? But this year, I just feel like almost every category, at least on the players' side, was clear-cut. But the NL Manager of the Year, oh, man, come on. Yeah, I mean, like you said, like, where was Roberts going to finish? Like, I think it's fair. The Manager of the Year in every sport in North America tends to go to the most improved team. It is basically the most improved team award or like the shocking team award, right? And those are kind of the same thing when it comes to it. And it's the New York Mets this year. So I, this is exactly what I expected. You could you can laugh at it now because they flamed out of the playoffs while stumbling down the stretch. So it's like they were they were falling and falling and falling and then they instead of fall instead of like actually face planting they just ran into a brick wall instead so yeah yeah hey remember the when the raptors had the manager of the year and they fired him right after he won it or before he won it yeah and then they like won a title yeah. right after <laughs> so crazy like the ballsy moves that the raptors have done to get that 2019 chip is insane like there should be a book we'll written go, about that year. Yeah. We'll go down in history. Heck, I could write that book. I'd be I'd be willing to anyway. I went to the parade at the very least. But yeah, I mean, absolutely fucking incredible to to have watched that. And Fred Van Vliet just said it. I fully agree. If Kawhi would have stayed, Raptors would have three-peated. Absolutely would have three-peated. They would have treated Kawhi the way he wanted to be treated. Load managed him. They would have won three titles. Anyway. What do they call load management now? What's the new term for it? Do they have a new term yeah, for there's it? A new term for I, it. I, I don't there's a new term for it. I forget what it is. I forget what it is. It's so funny, though. 
Anyways, yeah. we'll get back to everyone on that one. All right. Yeah. So, we'll, <laughs> next week. Probably not. All right. So that is the MLB Awards. Man, crazy to think that uh, we're done for the season when it comes to baseball, but in a few weeks months weeks whatever you want to say uh you know we're going to be talking about all the changes to the rosters the rules spring training i'm going to try to hit up spring training next season that'll be a lot of fun man yeah let me know maybe i'll try to join you if possible it it is very fun that's that's awesome and uh yeah it's gonna be a very exciting season next year i forgot about the litany of rule changes there's so many fucking things happening in baseball next year pitch clock and uh all kinds of fun stuff. So it's going to be a lot of fun next year, big homie. All right. So like I mentioned, let us chat. Let's wrap up the season of F1. But since my compadre over here doesn't really watch auto racing, doesn't know the difference between a clutch and correct. a brake, um, <laughs> a pedal. Brake uh, makes you stop. <sighs> okay. I brought in Dan the mouth. Spray on the mouth. Yeah, I brought on the mouth. We're gonna be chatting some F one. Acceleration. My body's pressed into the seat. Fascination. Pipes are glowing in the heat Am I the fastest one? Can I improve? Making your late run Split out the groove Oh, position Among the top Prepare to win Rising desert The lights are set The start begins Smoking wheels I'm getting faster Take the lead Shifting you heard right there is called formula one by primal fear you guessed it it is finally time for us to chat some f1 here on bam and i figured well i didn't figure i was basically forced to bring our next guest (laughs) onto the show (laughs) for many months it's been months and months and months that we've been talking about this but it's finally time now that the f1 season is over it is perfect timing and i have Dan the Mouth Lavransky on the line with me to chat some F1. Dan, how's it going? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, this is great. I mean, I've never been a big sports guy, Boris. Like, really, pro wrestling, and I got into F1 in the early 90s, and they're really the only two uh, things that I still dig. And as you mentioned, there to me, there's, there's a definite connection between pro wrestling and Formula One. There is. It's the larger-than-life characters, right? Like, right. these drivers have... Spectacle. Yeah, it's a spectacle. Every race is a spectacle. The drivers themselves are larger than life. Some of them are characters. Like, 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 like currently, Danny Riccardi, for example, right? Like, right. that guy's a nut. I love that guy because yeah. of how crazy he is. He's such, like, a douchebag heel, but in a in a cool way, right? And and I yeah. love that. Um, you know, we can look back at history, and there's so many uh, well, drivers. that's it. In fact, 
that's what brought me in. Exactly. I, I, I was working with this guy and he was really, really into it, man. Talked about it all the time. And so a lot of times if I knew there was a race on the weekend, I would check it out and find out what the results were. And again, huge Ferrari fan. And at that point, when I started watching in the 90s, Ferrari was in the shitter. They were horrible at that point. They were way down the grid. And McLaren and Williams were, were ruling the day back then, which is funny because now they're at the back of the grid. Um, but, yeah, and he, I, I started to find out about Ayrton Senna. And I'm just like, this guy is Ric Flair of the F1 world. Yep. And it was, it was everything that Ric Flair's character is except real. Senna was a dick. He had real attitude. He had all those when him and Proust, Elaine Proust were on the same team and they had all those friggin' battles trying to take each other out in races and stuff like that. Like he was to me, he was the best heel. He was arrogant. He was rich guy, like rich beyond his means. Like so once I kind of got into Senna's character and at that time, most racing fans hated Senna. Yeah. They hated him. They hated not so much his skill. But again, that uh, the way he carried himself and the arrogance and all that shit, people people hated him. Whereas I'm like, this guy is the best. And then, yeah, like you said, I started to get into a lot of the other characters. Uh, you know, guys like team leaders, Eddie Jordan, yes. Flavio Briatore, like these guys, they're amazing characters. And so many, like I was watching it when Martin Brundle was actually driving. When him and Blundell were actually driving for McLaren, like, uh, and and even you know the other thing that totally, and even the older guys like James Hunt, amazing character James Hunt, but the other thing too that really hooked me honestly, and we talk about this in wrestling too and how important it is. We debate it almost every week when we watch the TV. Murray Walker, Murray Walker, one of the best commentators of any sport of any kind in history the way he embraced formula one and you can tell the thing that always makes a good announcer is there's that almost childlike love yes. of what you're doing and that was there with murray murray man when the racing got exciting murray was like a little kid martin brundle said he actually would have to have his hand on murray's shoulder when they did commentary and he'd have to put murray back down in his seat and stuff like that, like so like, similar to how I, similar to how Jason always has to calm you down back in yeah, the day. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So it was, and I and I just thought Murray. I just loved Murray Walker. I just thought, and even I'm like, even the announcer is a character, you know. And him and Brundle together. Well, him and James Hunt were friggin' great. But Brundle too. Brundle. I mean, there's a reason Brundle is still doing commentary you know, 20 years later, because he was always so good. Like him and Murray, to me, they were the team. They yeah. were just such a great team together. And yeah, I listened, when Murray, we get super excited at the end of the race. And oh, so, yeah, it was great. So that's yeah. that's awesome. So you've been watching F1 for a really long time. And, you know, like, let's talk about the coverage of F1. Like back in the day, how hard was it <laughs> to find the it races? Was, oh, Boris, it was super hard. It was super hard. You know what TSN used to do back then? And again, remember this, I'm watching before Jacques Villeneuve gets in too, right? Yeah. So freaking TSN, it was the worst. They might have a half hour warm up before the show. 
before the race. It would be hosted by Vic Router, who really, to me, knew nothing. It seemed like he knew nothing about Formula One. Curling was his friggin' strong suit. And they would put him on there, and it would just always be horrible. And then the race would finish, and that's it. Race would be done. Nothing on qualifying. Now... You know, after I started watching again a few years ago, now it's, I guess, the, you know, because of the driven miniseries and that. But the coverage now is the best. It is. The guys from Sky Sports in the UK are phenomenal. I love the way it's set up. I love the way they make use of old drivers. There's Damon Hill. There's David Coulthard. Johnny Herbert. Holy again. Shit. Johnny Herbert, I I friggin' love Johnny Herbert. Yeah. I couldn't believe it when I saw him there a few races ago. Yep. I'm just, you know, Jensen Button, all these guys. It's amazing. And and uh, the coverage, the coverage is so good. I love the walk through pit lane. I love that. Um, like, they never, none of that stuff used to happen back in the day. So, yeah, the coverage is, uh, you know, a gazillion times better. That's yep. one of the things I actually enjoy now. I try to watch both the warm up and the after the 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 afterward the post show because yep. it's you just you just get so much and you know the the team owners are really good too like Christian Horner he's always out he's there the talking best. to him and stuff right like you know it really wasn't kind of like it back when I first started watching some of those other guys they were pretty secretive and stuff yeah but uh, yeah no no I the coverage is like a gazillion times better now it's it's fantastic. And that's exactly it, right? Like now we have, you know, we have all the qualifying. We have the the pit lane interviews. We have the race. We have the post shows. They show F2. They show Formula E, for Christ's sake now. Like they show so <laughs> well, much. Well, you know what? You know what, though? TSN always did kind of show that stuff, but you yeah. had to search to find it. Exactly. It would, it would get played at 3 in the morning. Oh, the, F, the F100 race is on at 3 in the morning. Okay, whatever, yeah. you know. Hey, just remember, wrestling and Raw used to be on at midnight on TSN, that's right? right? If, if uh, at all, if true. at all. Very true. So, yep. yep. So if, if anything, most of our listeners are used to searching for uh, the, whatever sport they want to watch. But yeah, so you started watching way back then. Um, I My story is, I actually started watching in the mid-90s, late 90s. So I followed IndyCar first. That was kind of like the first racing league I found. Um, I If you had asked me at that age, what's the difference between Indy and F1 and anything else, I've I honestly thought it was all the same. So right. I started with IndyCar, and Jacques Villeneuve was the man. This is when Jacques right. Villeneuve won the So this Indy. is after he was done in Formula One. It was before. He started in Oh, that's IndyCar. right. He was in Indy first. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Okay. So, so he won the, in, the Indy 500, and then he went to F1 a couple years right. later. So I followed right. him. I just followed his career. Right. Uh, and that was that. Then he won the championship in F1. Uh, and that's when, you know, Fernando Alonso started becoming like right. the dominant racer. So I kind of continued with that. Who, who is still driving today? Yes. Right. Like that, that, that freaks me out um, that guys like Fernando Alonso are still. And, you know, we had the we had the retirement, the final race of uh, Sebastian or, um, yep, Vettel. Sebastian Vettel. Yep. On the weekend, which, you know, that was pretty emotional because he was another guy I always liked. Uh, from from watching his whole come up and come up and you know and that like, yeah, amazing. Yeah, Alonso was in his prime at Ferrari. He was great. Oh, he was great. He was insane good. Um, I remember going to Paris. Uh, this is when he, um, he was with Renault. This was back in two thousand six. Yeah, and I literally found a, where they were like the the the, the museum, the F one museum. Nice. Of his constructor. Just to take a picture with his car. 
<laughs> it's one of my prized pictures of that first yeah. trip to Europe back in 2006. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah I, but, used to, I used to love it when they would do stuff like that because I went to the race several times in Montreal. Yeah. I, when Jacques when when Jacques was racing in F1, me and my buddy were going almost every year. Um, and yeah, I used to love that they'd have the old cars out for you to check out and stuff like that. I used to love that stuff. Again, my buddy was such a fan of Minardi as well. He got his picture with Minardi's car. He was so happy. You know, it's un unbelievable stuff like that. And while we're on the cars, just again, the changes I yeah. have seen. Since 1990 to now, it's like wow! It's like the stuff, and so much, so much of it is for the better. Like that little roll bar in front of the face, but like yeah, the now, halo I'm system. Guessing, yep. I'm guessing you know that's something that kind of comes out of I I'm guessing the Senna, the Senna accident because Senna that's how he passed away in that race, and the and the rod from the front wheel went right through his helmet, right through his head. Yep. And uh, I think that was one of the innovations that came out of that. But yeah, and just you know, the 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 look always changes, man. Look at go look at even look at some seventy. Look at the friggin' Formula One cars in the thirties and forties, yeah. where there are these giant open cockpits with a giant steering wheel. They're probably not even wearing helmets. Like, They're literally wear, wearing like the old school pilot glasses it's, it's and like a beret. So, <laughs> It's so insane. Watch some old races, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. And it, like even the colors, right? Like if you look at like the matte finishes these cars have, they're just marvelous. Like absolutely yeah. Just, yeah. just engineering marvels. I, I love yeah. them so freaking much. So it sounds like, you know, you took a break from watching F1 for a little bit. What got I you did. back into it? Well, I see what took me out is during the Schumacher era when he when Michael Schumacher, who a lot of people think is the greatest driver ever, I'm sticking with Senna or James Hunt, one or the other. But uh, when he was at Ferrari, they just got so good and they dominated so much. Like there was one season where I remember we were literally just a little bit past halfway and he had wrapped up the championship already. Yeah. And it just got to like they just dominated so much. Then it got boring. It got yep. boring for me. So I'm like, you know what? I, I'm not going to bother with this anymore. And then, and I would kind of keep a, an eye on it. Like I would see stuff in the news and that and might watch a race here and there. But it wasn't really until, I don't know, that when Hamilton really started to come on strong in that. Um, and, and then I started to watch it a bit more. And then within the last year or two, just because so many of my uh, friends or people that still watched it kept telling me, you got to watch now. You got to watch now. Yeah. It's really competitive now. It's super competitive. And it is. It is. It very much is. I mean, and a lot of that stuff. They finally figured out things that took tens of years. Like the DRS situation took forever to get worked out. Like when I first or when I right around the time when I stopped, they had that stuff, but they never seemed to know whether they're going to keep it. The rules were changing all the time. They didn't seem to know when to use it. Now I like that it's there and it's like, OK, on this part of the track, depending on which track yep. you can use it. And yep. I'm like, okay, that that makes sense, right? And it's really helped. I mean, because the big thing in Formula One too is you oh you have to have overtaking, right? Yes. And on some of these courses, like you know stuff like Monaco, <laughs> you don't have a lot of chances to overtake exactly. at all. And so stuff like the DRS and that has made those things happen. And this year, I saw some spectacular racing. There was some amazing passes, great plays. 
guys pulling off stuff you didn't think they could do, turns, you know, overtaking in places where you wouldn't think you could overtake yep. and stuff like that. So it's, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, it's exactly. I, I, like Sometimes once- the beginning of the races have, like, the first, like, three laps are is so intense, so much going on. And in the first lap, you can't even use DRS. But because everyone is just jumbled together and all of these cars are similar at least to begin the race, right? A lot yeah. the, the the winning Well, they've cars, all got the same amount of fuel, exactly. right? Exactly. No pit stops anymore. Like I when I started, it was the full-on pit stop era. I saw some crazy pit stop stuff through yeah. the years. Guys running running over one of the mechanics in the pits or fires wow. or like I mean that's why eventually they just said okay enough of this you know there was just too much dangerous stuff happening with the fuel but uh, yeah no it's uh, yeah it's it, it's amazing and just I think just when I st- people starting to tell me it got more competitive and you know what else I thought was really cool is I was hearing about the sons of the guys that I watched. Yes. Yes. I'm like, oh. Carlos Sainz Jr., right? Like, you're, yeah, you're seeing some Jan of these Verstappen, guys. Jan Verstappen, yeah. Raikkonen. Um, there was someone else's kid, too. We I even think. have Schumacher's kid right now. Yes. Oh, oh, tell me, though. Not like his dad at all. Not like, at I all. Don't know if he's, I don't know if he's just got stuck in a bad car. He's with Haas, or, right? Like, But, man, he's nothing. He's yeah. nothing like his dad. Like, not even slightly. I mean, he, his dad. You know, I, I I didn't like how much he dominated, but I you know I got to give it to the guy. He was friggin' an amazing driver. And Ferrari, that was really, I mean, did Ferrari have another uh, time as great as that in their history? No. Like that was amazing. But Ferrari's coming back like this year. You know, <laughs> Red Bull <laughs> won the constructors. Yes. Ferrari yes. number two, Mercedes yeah, and number Ferrari three. Ferrari was close. They were close, right? Yep. Very close. Yeah. Yeah. Very close. Yeah. No, that's see, that's the thing. See, now it's at a point Verstappen's won two years in a row. And I'm like, Mercedes. And he won again. He won with, you know, there was what, three or four races after he'd already secured the championship. Yep. So I'm I don't want it to get to that era. I don't want to see Mercedes just dominate. So is. Yeah, it's good to see Ferrari coming back. And it looks like, yeah, maybe next year they could actually be an an actual challenger for these guys. Or sorry, I didn't mean Mercedes. I mean, Red Bull. Red Bull. I don't want to see Red Bull. I don't want to see any one team dominate, right? And that's the thing. I know a lot of people that got out of F1 when Lewis Hamilton was absolutely dominating for a few years, right? <laughs> like, it was crazy. He would literally, like, win. It gets boring, yeah, right? Exactly. Boring. You want to see competition. You want to see these guys be able to uh, compete with each other. And you want to really know who is the best driver, right? Who does have the best car and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's back to the point now where I find it really intriguing. Uh, yeah. There's enough cool characters in it and there's enough competition to uh, really make it interesting. Yep, exactly. And it's funny because like a lot of my friends are getting it like random people, people who I never would have thought would ever watch F1, including the Post guys, right? And it's all thanks yes, to Netflix's yes, Drive email, to I Survive. I got an email from Pollock, and I could yeah, he's like, oh, me and Way are really into Formula <laughs> One. And I'm like, what? And yeah, you're right, because they both watch Driven. You know what? I didn't even, I have watched none of it. But I don't need to, because I, I already knew. Once I, once I heard like we said earlier that it was starting to get competitive then i just don't i just got back into watching it but uh yeah i didn't see any of driven but isn't that that is that really says something that 
when something like that presented in such a way that it draws somebody in who would, under any other circumstances, could care less. Yeah. That's the power of reality TV, right? Like, that's the crazy part. Um, You know, that's why people say, like, WWE and AEW, why do they do these shows? This is why. This is how you get the casual fan into wrestling. Yeah. This is how you get the casual fan into into sports, into motor racing. Who watches, like, really? Who watches motor racing outside of, like, you know, you, you really have to the have guys a good that want to see the crashes, Boris. Come yes, on. You know, that's that there's, true. you know, there's that contingent, especially in Nash, Nash, NASCAR. Yeah. They just want to see everybody go into the wall. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, there's that part of it. But yeah, no, but that's true of any sport, though, Boris. Come on. I mean, characters help any sport. Right. You know, For basketball, sure. baseball, football, you know, anything. Right. You got to. You got to have personalized. That's why people always make me laugh when they're hung up on like, oh, yeah, but it's a sport. And like, well, yeah, it's a sport, but ultimately it's entertainment. And you yep. want some of your players in your sport to have some personality, right? Exactly. And that's the beauty and of that. Although, although I have to say, though, in F1, maybe because it's Europeans and stuff, but I also love the stone face. Like, really, Verstappen's kind of a stone face. Like, oh. he's just... He's just like, uh, yes. Like, like yeah. he used to kill me. Used to kill me. Oh, who used to do it? Someone used to do it, man. And no matter what would happen in the race. And they'd go, uh, yes, uh, very good race. Uh, uh, team worked very well. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, and for Stoppins, he's kind of like that, right? Yeah, he but, is. Uh, for I interviews. But you like hear it. him over the radio and he's got character. He's a douchebag with <laughs> the radio. I love it. That's true. The the radio, that is one of the coolest innovations, uh, having the, the radio like that. Because, yeah, here's the guy stripped down in the heat of the moment. Try Like, look, you know, the Hamilton ones are always great, right? He just freaking, he gets so wound up. and loses. But, you know, it's intense. You're going, you know. 250 miles an hour and it's pretty intense for a uh, straight hour you know strapped in this thing sweating to death probably gonna drop five pounds by the end of the race yep like it's it's pretty intense but that's that's when you see the real guys come out is on those on the radio yep and i love it like it's so much fun and my favorite part about the radio is when the teammates start fighting with each other which we've been seeing a lot of in ferrari we've been seeing it even in red bull like there's a lot of fighting going on right now between teammates and it just it just adds to that intrigue that you're not going to get in the netflix series anytime soon right yeah it's got to be hard for guys like you know perez you know when you're your guy's the top guy. He's won the championship. He's helped win the constructors championship for your team. It's got to be hard when you're the teammate of a guy like Verstappen or something like oh, yeah. that. You know, As, I mean, look at Ferrari when Schumacher was in there. Almost, I think, almost every teammate he had had an issue at one point or another, right? Because yep. they just wouldn't get what Schumacher would get. Yep. It's like, no, sorry, no. Well, you know, that's and that's kind of that's obviously going to be annoying because it's like, well, if you don't give me what he's got, how can I perform? You know? Yeah, but it's kind of ironic sometimes because, like, let's take Daniel Riccardi for example. He left Red Bull when Max Verstappen was coming up the ranks, and everyone knew that Verstappen was going to become the number one driver. So Riccardi left. <laughs> now he's come back next season, made official today as the third. Wait a minute! Driver. Wait a minute! He's the test driver, though, isn't he? Yeah, he's coming as the third driver. 
Ah, that means nothing. Boris, he's going to be no. the test driver. I know, but, but, but the irony is he won't be number two, but he'll happily be number three. Wow. A lot less pressure on number yeah. three, right? Well, you know what? He gets to drive an F1. He'll do the occasional race here and there, and he's making a shit ton of money. So He just needs know. to do more of those ads for Heineken. Yes. I freaking, dude, I love – I have seen that ad 900 times, and I like it every single time I see it. I yep. love that ad. Oh, it's so, a good one. It's a yeah, great so, one. Yeah, well, that's it. That's very interesting. And and, and, and yeah, actually, because I'm sorry, I'm not up to speed. What other? Because they mentioned a couple other driver changes, I think, didn't they? Uh, there are a few. Uh, I'm just trying to bring them up. Give me one. Is there, is, there, is there new kids coming in, too? Isn't there, I think? I thought a couple of the lower-end teams were bringing in new kids. Yeah, so there are some major changes. Because I thought they showed a couple in the pits during the race or something. But that is cool about, yeah, Daniel going to be the third driver at Red Bull. I yeah. mean, I want to see, you know, does he get to do an actual race? Probably not, eh? It depends, right? Like if if, if uh, Perez isn't available to race or if Perez or if, uh, what's his One name? One of them. Mr. Uh, Mr. Jerry Hallowell, what's his name? <laughs> the guy that's married to the Spice Girl, the, the, the lead in Red Bull. The lead driver? No, the, like the the director. Oh, Christian Horner? Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah. If he gets pissed off at Perez, he'll easily just put Riccardi in for a race. Mm, interesting. Yeah. I could yeah. see them doing it. I mean, I, it just seems like such a step down for him to go to a, like a test driver or, you know, third driver position. Yeah. I. That, but again, what is he going to do, right? Go to Indy? Yeah. Do NASCAR like? Oh, he might. Well, hey, even Jock did NASCAR, so. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. But we'll see exactly. But uh, yeah, I'm having a hard time finding exactly what the changes are. Uh, we'll we'll okay. have to do a full full preview. Yeah, um, we should. We should because it's only. Do you know what? That's so crazy too. That's the other thing, Boris. When I started watching, season was not this long. Oh, I know. Season was like, you know, we didn't have all those Middle Eastern races and stuff like that. Season was usually done, you know, October, I think, not November. Yeah. Um, and, and I think, didn't they say on the weekend, it's like 105 days. It's like nothing until the season starts again in yeah. March. Yeah, exactly. And it's early March. Uh, yeah, it's when like it starts first, up again. I think it's first weekend of it March. Is. Yep, which is probably the uh, revolution weekend. But the crazy part about this is how many races there are, right? Like, we're, I think there's like it's insane. up to 26 almost. It's insane. There, I think there was less than 20 when I first started. Yep. Like, and it's insane. Next year, they're adding the Las Vegas race. Uh, it's going to be a night race. Another it's, race? Yeah. Wow. Yep. In Vegas. Well, you know, they've tried for years to, to break so hard. And, you know, I mean, they tried for years and years to do races in the States, and it just wouldn't catch on. Because in the States, there's got to be an American driver in it, or they don't care, right? The reason, so this is the thing, right? Like, because of the Netflix show, it, like, the races in the States have been steadily getting better in terms of attendance and gates and all that, right? So... I think that they, they're clearly seeing something. And Vegas, because it's a destination, they're assuming that people are just going to swarm to Vegas. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I could think of worse ways to spend a weekend. Right, exactly. can be stuck, I don't know, in New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing, I mean, I'd like to go to Montreal again, but it's just not the same. Like, when I 
first started going there, there were you could buy a general admission ticket, and there were certain parts on the track where you could just take a lawn chair and your cooler, and you could just sit right down. There was this one hill that used to be perfect. It was on kind of a corner, so the cars even kind of slowed down. And and all, just everybody would go to this hill, and like so you'd have all these great people. Everybody's into it. Everybody's partying, having a good time. Like it used to be great, but then after a few years, and it started to get more popular. They they fenced all that stuff off, and you know turned it into regular seats yep. and that. And it's the it's same, a shame. Yeah, it's the same's happened. Uh, the Toronto Indy, right? Like there it used to be some yeah. awesome yeah. general admission yeah. tickets yes. and views, yeah. and now yeah. they don't exist. There's one part in Montreal, I'm not sure what part of the track it is, but we used to go there every time because it's the one part of the track where the cars sound the loudest. And we <laughs> would stand there when they'd go by. And honestly, the the sound was so loud that it was physical. Like you felt something going in the one ear yep. and out the other. Like you, it had an actual physical presence yep. in your head because it was so loud. I love yeah. that so freaking I know, much. it was great. It was great. That's and, a great feeling. Yeah, it is a great sound to hear the engines. And when you're there at the track, you can tell, you know, some of them sound different than others. You can see the little notice little things about how they sound like they really are different and stuff like that. So, yeah, yep. it's pretty amazing. All right, what, about, what about one more thing? What about the Canadians that are in there? Like, are we going to ever see anything out of these guys? Like Stroll's been in there a, what, a couple, two or three years. Now, he's been there. It? He's been there a while now. And he's kind of like, what, what, what place did he finish in? Let me take a quick look. He finished in 15th. Yeah. He's know. way down there. We but have, he's not in a great car either. No, 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 no. He's not at all. He's, he's with Aston Martin. And then Williams has uh Latifi, right? So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Again, not the best. Yeah. It is really amazing. How think how um, dynasties can change yes. the way they do. Like the Ferrari's always been up and down. And honestly, back when I started, man, Williams especially. Well, McLaren too, though. They were really almost side by side. And man, they were seen as like no one comes close to these guys. You know, they they dominated so much. And just to see them now, you know, at the back of the grid, they mean nothing. I'm just like. Man, Frank Williams must be spinning in his grave. I don't know. It's got to be uh, pretty. It's just so bizarre. And, you know, is that going to happen? Will that eventually happen to Red Bull? Will that That's... eventually happen to Mercedes? Like, it's, you know, or will the teams themselves just disappear altogether? Like, that's the other thing. Even if Williams and McLaren are at the bottom, they've been around a long time. Yep. You know, there's tons of other teams like Jordan, Benetton, Minardi, they're gone, right? Yeah, They're gone. There's a lot. Or they've merged or Renault. Like there's a lot. Like there's just there's change every I'm finding every five, six years there seems to be yeah. major changes in the yeah. constructors. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. All right, Dan. Well, it's been honestly a pleasure chatting some F one. So yeah, so glad that, that we great. finally got to do this. Yeah. Well, anytime you guys want me to I can't help you with anything else, but <laughs> if you want to uh, talk talk some F one, I'll definitely be pay uh pay attention this year and watch as much as I can. So anytime you guys want to do anything, let me know. We'll for sure do a uh, season preview. I think that'll be the next time we chat. Uh, we'll know all the new racers. We'll all know all the new cars. The new car designs will be And it's only out. 100 days away anyways. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Alright, Dan. Thanks so much. Thanks so okay, much for take joining. Take care, Boris. Yep. All right. Later. Alright, so I want to thank the mouth for that. 
it's crazy to think again, just like baseball, that in a few weeks we're going to be talking about you know the new teams, the new drivers, the new um, rules, the new cars. I love when they do like they do this huge event for car reveals. You know, it, it's kind of cool. It's kind of like the uniform reveal for for other teams. That's interesting. And they make a big event of it. Yeah, big you like a, like so ceremony. Absolutely disinterested as you talk about. That. <laughs> Yeah, I gotta be honest with you. I, I, uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to be harsh in my uh, disregard for this. But yeah, I just I'm not a car it's guy. Not your thing. You know it's I mean? exactly. not like a, You're not uh, it's, Tim it's the Tool Man Taylor. Arr, arr, arr. <laughs> exactly right, buddy. Full circle. That's how we do. All right, more of, some more of a last man standing myself. Okay, can we talk about last week's dynamite for for just a hot second? Oh, you, we, let's. <laughs> I'm getting comfortable. Man, okay. <laughs> Strap in, buddy. Okay, the main event was incredible. First of all, Jericho bladed his chest. I'm certain of that. I'm quite certain. I, I, I'm like 95% sure. I, I think you could see a clear blade mark. I think Chris Jericho bladed his chest. Let me cut my nails. And let me slap you 10,000 okay. times and let's see how you the, how the cuts look. Yeah. It's possible. Anyway, regardless <laughs> of how Chris Jericho's chest got so bloody, Jericho versus Ishii was incredible. It was, it was uh, just a wild TV match, all time stuff. It will be on our list at the end of the year. So I can't, at the, I can't shit on this dynamite too much. Because it did give us an incredible match, as Dynamite is wont to do. AEW will give you an incredible match almost every single week, right? We got to say that off the hop before I just bury AEW deep into the ground. Of course. When it comes to so, in-ring, sometimes we get the best of the best. <laughs> so you're telling me that you're going to sign Jeff Jarrett, Boris. You're going to sign Mr. Fucking Slap Nuts himself. On a roster where you should be pushing Eddie Kingston, you should be pushing Keith Lee, you should be pushing, you chased away Cody Rhodes, arguably, you chased away Andrade, you chased away CM Punk, you should be pushing Pac better, you should be pushing Ray Phoenix better, Lee Moriarty is deep, deep under the ground, uh, Daniel Garcia has been absolutely forgotten after all of his momentum, you should be pushing everybody on this roster better. You've signed Jeff Jarrett. And you had him lose. And now he's going for the tag team titles. Jeff fucking Jarrett's on TV every week being tough. Really? This this is why I stopped watching WCW. This is why I stopped watching TNA and we're doing it in 2022. Really? That's what we're doing? We're doing Jeff Jarrett? Yep. Jeff Jarrett with the youngster, uh, Jay Lethal. I don't mind Jay Lethal, but you're right. You're not wrong about that. Still pushing Ring of Honor hard. Ring of Honor, like if people wanted to watch Ring of Honor, they would have watched Ring of Honor. God bless them. They didn't. That's why I fucking died. Am I wrong? Like, what are we doing here anymore? Like, man, so much happened on Dynamite. The the six-man tag, Kenny Omega comes out and says this thing where it's not CM Punk versus the Elite. We're not going to feud with with CM Punk. We're just going to put it behind us. And then they spend the entire match making fun of CM Punk. And what Kenny Omega did, honestly, was like, 
it would it wasn't that bad. If he if Kenny hadn't have said that, I wouldn't have batted an eye at it. Would Matt Jackson his like fall on his ass after the the lariat? That doesn't help the match at all. Oh man, Dave Meltzer made this point. It doesn't help the match at all. That's just being a petty dick. You could say, well, it happened in picture in picture or whatever, but like, like I don't know, like people watching it on fight saw it live. It's just we're in a universe, man, where CM Punk is back on his couch and the young bucks are dunking on CM Punk not being there. And every wrestling fan has been dunking on CM Punk for three months. I'm just at the point where I started to feel bad for Punk. And more than that, as a fan of CM Punk, I'm just sad. I just wish it worked out a different way. It just sucks that I'm watching AEW with the Young Bucks making fun of Punk, who's up there, who's my favorite, and Jeff fucking Jared in the tag team title picture versus the acclaimed, who I'm also over, but I don't want to sh- shit on the acclaimed because they work really hard and I I, I respect their gimmick. And I, I actually listen to Max rap, uh, rapping every week and I love his raps, but. I'm just kind of done with the acclaimed too. Like I'm just over that group. We've seen it. They're Same. very one note. FTR is nothing. Why? Why is Jeff Jarrett fighting the acclaimed for the tag team titles? Why are the Young Bucks just making fun of CM Punk falling in a match? Like cool guys. This is just ah, I don't know. I just what has happened to my AEW Boris? I used to be such an AEW fanboy. I used to love that product. Every dynamite appointment viewing, most rampages, a lot of darks and elevations. I wouldn't miss a show. Now I'm fast forwarding everything. I, I probably wouldn't have watched all of full gear if not for our podcast. Like, ah, I'm just I'm completely I'm not completely over it because they still do Jericho versus Ishii. And as a wrestling fan, you gotta respect it. But holy Christ, they've lost the plot in AEW. I, I I'm officially scared for AEW. I officially feel like they've lost the plot. Jeff fucking Jarrett, are you kidding me? Ah! <laughs> and MJF wasn't on the show, not even on a pre-tape. Oh my lord in heaven, he is your world champion. I don't even care if he's on a movie, at which obviously he was. I, I think that mostly explains his absence. But I bet you. That Tony Khan didn't book him because he knew the rating was going to be shit because it was Thanksgiving Eve and he didn't want to pin it on MJF, which I guess I understand. But I think Tony Khan cares about the wrong things, such as overthinking MJF stuff like this, like get a pre-tape of your world champion on the show or Jeff Jarrett. Arg. <laughs> anyway, I, I don't know, man. Ah, What's happened to my AEW? What happened to my dub? Brawl out happened. That's what happened. Yeah. Yeah, that's sad. And I guess it's like CM Punk is the one who went out there and, and acted a fool, as we used to say in 2002. So, <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I I guess I have to blame CM Punk. But, I'm a, you know, I don't know. I, I just think it's wrestling. Like, I think we can all get over it and move on. And I wish AEW was cool. AEW used to be cool. And it's like, I don't think it's wrestling's not cool. Like, it's not like AEW. W was this this you know like breakneck awesome young cool thing it was hip and now it's not wrestling hasn't been cool for years but there's like a a certain aspect to AEW that's gone you know what it is it used to feel like the young guys would get a chance in AEW and now it feels like Jeff Jarrett gets a chance in AEW that's exactly it right that's 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 the part that I'm just con- very confused with right after so many years of saying the right things you know, I it's he just it's, it's not panning out the way that 
they claimed it would, right? I think the reality of trying to produce a weekly TV show week over week over week is is really starting to to you know get to them. Not in a bad way, but like, what do we do next? What do we do next? I think you're right, and it I, leads to Jeff Jarrett, tag team champion contender. I also think that the injuries have also put a major wrenches because you know we all know AEW long term storytelling, long term storytelling, right? I think injuries have proven that you can't plan too far ahead. Or at least you need to be more flexible, more malleable, and have plan B, C, D ready to go. Uh, I think you're 100% correct on that. But we do need to acknowledge injuries have hurt AEW greatly. Adam Cole not being there alone has hurt greatly. He would You'd be on the show every week, and you'd be doing something I liked. So. Yep, that's, that's exactly it, right? Now... We're not trying to dunk too hard on AEW. Like, we both still love the product. It's just like, this is the reality of the situation, and this is where we're at right now. It's it's not uh, sunshine and rainbows and lollipops like, you know, like back in 2019. Uh, outside of Jericho Ishii, which was great, so I guess I, I, guess I can't say this, but for the first uh, hour and 45 minutes last week's dynamite was my least favorite dynamite ever by a wide margin too like it was the it was the one that i was the most angry at watching the only one that i was ever angry at watching you know yeah it was it was just not a, that great of a show right and, and a lot of people share your opinion right and we'll see man like again i want nothing but the best having AEW is amazing for many reasons the more competition the better AEW is great we get great in-ring we get we can fill our top 121 of or 122 of 22 because of AEW. Absolutely, yeah. There's going to be if Frank. There might be 60 AEW matches. There might be half AEW. Like I am at the end of the day, still a fanboy. But I was just man. I was just, yeah. No, it's hard. I can't believe I, I can't believe where they're at right now. I just can't believe it. Why is this the universe we're living in? It sucks. I hate it. Yeah. Go back. Right. Let's go back. <laughs> Bring Cody back and let's call it a day. Right, exactly. That's what we need. Cody versus Shaq. Do it. Book it, Tony. <laughs> Remember when that was the biggest issue we had? Oh, uh, man. Shaq just disappearing. Where did he go? Nobody knows. It's not in that ambulance. I'll tell you that much, Boris. He went <laughs> right back to TNT, right back to the panel, dunking on Barkley. I was literally going to say dunking on Barkley. Uh, all right. Let us chat. Are you done with AEW? Yeah, I'm done. I, I, I still like it. I'll still be watching, but I, I'm probably not going to watch live on Wednesday. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Well, as long as you watch it. So there was no impact. It was a best of show. So we're just going to chat some Survivor Series. Survivor Series, what did you think? Thumbs up, thumbs down. Uh, thumbs up. Overall, thumbs up. Uh, a couple good matches. I would say... I don't know. I'd say one great match and one great moment in the main event. I don't know if I can call the men's war games match great. I would say for sure one great match. Let's let's go through the card briefly, kind of review it, give some star ratings, kind of just shoot the shit about yep, it. Exactly. So the first match was the women's war games match. Bianca Belair, Becky Lynch, Asuka, Alexa Bliss, and Mia Yim versus Bailey, Io Sky, Dakota Kai, Nikki Cross, and Rhea Ripley. So this was a weird one. Sloppy, sloppy match. Uh, at the end of the day, I would, I would think it was good 
But if you want to tell me this is a terrible match, I don't think I would kick that opinion out of bed. 39 minutes and 40 seconds. God bless EO Sky. This is one of the worst nights I've ever seen her have in a wrestling ring. She's usually so fantastic. I thought she, like a lot of people were a little bit off. I think the issue with the, these women's specialty matches is that they completely predetermine move by move, blow by blow. So when it comes time to them to actually perform it, sometimes it's a little awkward because they have to remember, what do I have to do next? What is next? And I kind of feel like that's yeah. what happened with EO Sky because there were times like even arm drags. It looks like she was just a, a step behind where she should be or something of the like. And she she looked really off. Right. Like, I think that, you know, we, we know, like, look at their Royal Rumble matches. They practiced them the night before and stuff. Right. Like, so I think that it was just overly booked for some of these women. You might be right. It definitely has that feel. And when someone like, is a step slow or perhaps forgets something, like the whole thing falls apart. And that's the thing. It feels like a good match. It could be a good match. But if what you're planning to do, or for lack of a better term, choreograph to do next, and it doesn't work out, well, the entire routine goes from a 10 to a 6 to a 2 or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And it's more of a six than a two. Like, yes. let's let's not bury no, them too no. hard. At no, the no, end no. of the day, like, four, 40 minutes of, of 10 women working hard, hitting each other hard. The finish was spectacular. This was a good match. But it was like, I, I would say three eliminations, three stars out of five, 60% kind of match, you know? Good. Exactly. That's exactly it. So that was that. So, um, yeah, how would you rate it? Yeah, three, I would say three out of five. Three okay. eliminations, three, uh, yeah, three war games. Uh, the next match was AJ Styles versus Finn Balor. This should have been where you slotted a, a traditional Survivor Series match. I would have just added a partner to Gallows and Anderson and AJ and had them face Finn Balor, Damian Priest, and Dominic Mysterio. But they didn't want to do that. I don't understand why, but whatever. Too many long matches, It didn't matches, even have maybe. to be. I guess so. I guess so. But this match still went 18 minutes and 25 seconds, according to Wikipedia. Like, this was, this was a, you know, it was a good wrestling match. I, I, I felt like if AJ Styles would have wrestled Finn Balor in New Japan in 2017, it would have been much better, you know? It felt slower. It felt like a slower-paced match where they were trying to tell more of a story than trying to do what we know they both can do. That's what this match felt like. It wasn't a bad match, but I feel like there was a better match in some universe. Exactly right, yeah. So, again, I would say three stars, three eliminations out of five. You couldn't call it a bad match by any means, and I wouldn't want to, but it's not going to stick with me uh, into next month, next week, or past the end of this sentence. Just like the next match, which was for the, the SmackDown Women's Championship, Ronda Rousey with Shayna Baszler versus Shotzi. I, I, I don't often say this, and like I think Ronda Rousey is underrated. Shotzi, we watched her in NXT nearly kill herself every fucking week. I hate to say it, this match sucked. It was just bad. Was yeah, this just, is was bad. bad. It was they slow. didn't click. It was sloppy. They had no chemistry. Uh, it felt like it went. How long was this match? It went. It was seven minutes and fifteen seconds. According seven to seven minutes, twelve seconds too long. 
Yeah, about that. Yeah, it felt like 15. It was uh, not the best. So we uh, on on the on the BAM program here, we try to go like give them two stars if it was a good effort. I don't even think I can do that. This was a singular star match. We're going to go a single elimination for this one. One out of five. All right. The next match, the next match was the best match of the show. This could contend for our year end list. I don't think it will make it, but the, the last four or five minutes of this match were spectacular. This is a really, really good triple threat match for the United States title. Austin theory, defeating Seth freaking Rollins and Bobby Lashley. Uh, Austin theory wins after Lashley spears Rollins out of a Falcon arrow. So Seth Rollins has Austin theory up basically in a vertical suplex position. Bobby Lashley spears Seth Rollins, which causes Austin theory to land on the top of his head, like a, like a Tomohiri Ishii brain buster gone awry. And then somehow Austin theory pins Rollins out of that, which I thought was funny, but it was just kind of a, not a botch, but just the way he ended up landing looked uh, like an aggressive brain buster to Austin theory, which caused Austin theory to win the United States championship. And 14 minutes and 50 seconds. Still, the match on the show. I thought this was pretty great, all things considered. It was really good. Uh, Seth Rollins looked amazing in this match. Uh, Lashley looked great. Loving Austin Theory's new character. Is Seth Rollins going to graduate and challenge Roman Reigns next? Oh, I thought you were going to say, is he going to graduate from Chase University? Yes, Seth, no. He will not. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. Maybe. There's word on the internet that there's, well, there's word on the internet that there's beef between Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns. I thought I it was going to be Owens versus what happened Roman. that night. I think everything was fine. Yes. I think that was the overall story from Fightful. Yes. So, okay. We, we briefly touch on it. Let's kind of talk about it. So Fightful has reported that, uh, I guess there was an unplanned spot that Kevin Owens did, which may have ruptured uh, Roman Reigns' eardrum, and Roman Reigns was apparently pissed about it backstage. That is obviously all hearsay. I hate to even talk about it Damn. on that podcast because I, I hate talking about that that kind of stuff, but we, we brought it up. So that's what we're talking about. I don't know if that's true, but if it is true, are we going to get Kevin versus Roman at the Royal Rumble, which I kind of thought they were building towards based on this war games match. Agree. Could be Seth. Who knows? But either one of those two, I will take. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what you do with Seth other than, you know, who's due to come back pretty soon, Boris. No, but we've seen this match. Okay. But my, 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 uh, counter to your point and you're, you're totally correct. Friend. We've seen this match too much. Uh, my counter argument is Adrenaline! Fucking imbecile! <laughs> Skibidi Mapu County Roads! Sorry. Again, we've seen that match <laughs> too many times. <laughs> but, seen the match but, a thousand times again. But oh, there is a story to be told to end this story, right? Like after TLC, he, uh, he being Seth Rollins, took out Cody Rhodes for good. Seth has to win. Seth needs a win over Cody at some point. For the championship in 10 years. Oh, in 10 years. I love it. That's some long-term Tony Khan for your ass. 
All right, All so right. that's that. Let's talk about the main event, the bloodline. Roman Reigns, Jamie Uso, Jay Uso, Solo Sokoa, and Sammy Uso versus Drew McIntyre, Sheamus, Kevin Owens, Butch, and Rich Holland. Okay, first, uh, four stars for the triple threat. Four adrenalines in my soul. Scoobity, beep, beep, Cody Rhodes is out of five. Uh, so, yeah, the War Games match, Bloodline versus Brawling Brutes featuring Drew McIntyre and Kevin Owens. Uh, a little, I mean, it's a War Games match. You know it's going to be like 35-40. It just felt like at some points they were they were always working hard, but it wasn't. Blood and Guts was so violent. It was so much action all the time and so much going on. This was kind of just a WWE style. This felt like a PG War Games. That's, That's what it felt like to me. Literally what it is. That's literally what it was. That's literally what it was. So Sami Zayn standing tall at the end, finally getting the approval of the Usos. Jay Uso specifically, obviously, was, was a really nice touch. I, I loved the end of this match. But the 34 minutes getting there, uh, it was hit and miss a little bit, a little bit. Yep. Agreed. But overall, they I think it told a very good story. I think it really, like you said, it kind of set up Kevin Owens as the next challenger. It adds adding layers to the Sami Zayn because everyone thought this was going to be where, you know, Sami Zayn gets uh, Batista out of evolution. Like, there was a lot of possibilities in this match, but it seems like all is good in the bloodline for now. I feel like honestly, the Roman Reigns stuff is going so well. Like he's so over and he's doing such good work. Sami Zayn has added such a nice touch to this group and they probably have no idea what to do with the bloodline after. So that's why they're kind of delaying this. Although I do think by WrestleMania, we're going to see Sami Zayn and KO win the titles over the Usos. That seems to be the plan. That's that's kind of what I'm thinking. That's kind of what I'm thinking. I can see that being the route that they go. And I think WWE just answered my question. Austin Theory's out right now on a promo on Raw, and Seth Rollins comes out. There you go. So they're going to continue going for at least one week. So, yeah. Here's my prediction. We should wrap it up like this. I would say two things. Three and three quarters for this match I think is fair. Not great, but very good. Yes. Yeah, yeah, three and three and three yeah, quarters eliminations. Let's yeah, go. It with it. It. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> very good. Yeah, three, yeah no, three, I was just yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Second thing, we should we should do a little mini pool. When does the bloodline turn on Sammy? When does the turn happen? I'm saying SmackDown after Royal Rumble, off the top of my head. SmackDown after Royal Rumble. How much time is be is between Elimination Chamber in Montreal? And WrestleMania, it's oh gonna happen God, in Montreal. It's gonna happen in Montreal. They're gonna turn. They're gonna turn on Sammy in Montreal. Oh my God! Oh my God! Ah, the bloodline. There might be a riot. Yeah. Oh, it's gonna be so piss good. Montreal off when it comes to sports. <laughs> They've rioted for less. Well, yeah. uh, arguable. Can you uh, imagine that's how good the turn Roman is. Reigns uh, and the rest of the bloodline standing over a bloody Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn in Montreal? I, I, it would be so amazing. Yeah, Roman Reigns loses one of the titles to Cody in Montreal, and then it Sami Zayn caused it. So Roman just absolutely destroys Sami in Montreal. Could you imagine? That's how it goes. Book it. 
I, I'm in. I'm going to book it right now. Anyway, so yeah, those are the Survivor Series star ratings. What do, you, what do you think? Do you think it's Montreal? Obviously, you're locking that in. I think you won me over, buddy. It's got to be Montreal. It has to be Montreal. It has to be Montreal. It's the last stop before WrestleMania. Goddamn. That, oh, the story writes itself. Let's it really go. But that, this is... We have to we have to give credit where it's due. Like this is the best WWE storytelling in years. I oh, would hear an argument that this is I'd hear for an me. argument it's it's the best yeah. This is the best story in wrestling in years. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. You like you can start throwing all kinds of well, we gotta see how it uh, wraps up. We have to see them stick the landing still, right? But you could throw all kinds of hyperbole out in terms of where this ranks on the best angles, the best week to week storytelling and payoff eventually in the history of wrestling. We gotta see how they stick the landing. But right now the week to week is so great. Everyone's so great in their role. It's like a treat to watch. Yep. That is the show. That is Survivor Series rankings. That is everything here on BAM. Matt, feel better. Thanks, buddy. You too. Hope you're uh, fully cured of that hangover in the next day or two. I didn't really have a hangover. I was more tired from not sleeping. But, yeah, no, I feel good. Um, What do we got going on? We have a lot going on all the shows this week. Oh, yeah. Best and worst of 2022 patrons. If you're listening to this show, you're going to get it. If you're not a patron, wait until December 1st so you don't get double charged. Wait until December 1st so you don't get double charged. I'm going to add reminders. That's best nice. and worst of 2022 yeah. coming at you later this month. Well, that's nice of you, Boris. We're not trying to screw you over here at Sanemi Radio. We want you to appreciate the product and have fun with us. We have a Christmas show coming, probably Boxing Day. We're going to figure out what that is. But other than that, we're just keeping it real, talking some sports, some uh, football and baseball and whatever is happening. F1 if it pops up. And, uh, of course, the World Cup on the World Cup date. Boris here on the BAM feed. BAMSportsEntertainment.com is the only place where you can get the BAM World Cup, the show where Boris equates watching a football match to dating and how you should treat them the same. Dot, dot, dot. That was today's episode. Oh, I need to go back and listen to it with with, uh, with respect. Oh, you know, of and, course. And, oh, 100% and dignity, respect. Boris? Of course. <laughs> yes. He's Matt. I almost called you Phil. <laughs> I'm Boris. <laughs> Till next time, stay tranquilo. Yeah, yeah, yeah.